You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So we have Eric Whitaker, who is a choral composer and music director and is a famous for his virtual choirs where he has thousands of people from all over the world sing his songs to make a beautiful music video. Hi, Eric. Hey, Mason. Thanks for having me. No problem. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, I'm sure you're feeling the same. It's, it's a surreal time. It's utterly surreal. I, uh, I haven't seen very many people or my friends in a long time. I haven't been able to see my parents in over six months. Uh, so it's, it's a strange, strange time, but, but all in all, I'm doing well. Thank you. Can you talk about how you got to where you are? Yeah, let's see. Well, I started in, in high school when I was about your age, just a little bit younger. I was, um, I was a computer nerd. That's, that's really where I started. And in these days, in the, in the mid eighties, computers were a much, uh, a much more novel thing. A lot of people didn't have them. And I programmed on a little computer called the Commodore 64. We had one at school. And so I would go in at lunch and work on this. And around that time, I discovered computer music. And there were, there were all of these bands, uh, bands like Kraftwerk and Tangerine Dream, that at the time were making music only with computers. And to me, this was just the greatest thing I'd ever heard. And so I spent basically my entire high school career writing electronic music in my bedroom. I had synthesizers and drum machines. I didn't read music and I didn't know anything about classical music. Uh, that's just what I did. And I thought that's what I was going to do with my life. And when I went to college, uh, um, the first week I, uh, I got tricked into singing in the choir in a way by this choir director. Um, and the first piece we sang was a piece by Mozart called the Requiem. And it changed my life. In a single rehearsal, my whole life was changed. And from that day on, I think I knew I wanted to be not only a classical musician, but a composer and a conductor. What's your process of writing the songs that turn into virtual choirs and other pieces? Uh, it's, um, I'll, I'll describe what is my process, but the truth is it's always just a mess. <laughs> Every piece, I kind of have a, a sense of the thing that I want to make, and then each piece kind of is its own weird dance to try to coax the music out of my, my brain and my heart and, and the, the air. Basically, if I'm setting, like with all the virtual choir pieces, they're all poems to be sung, right? And so it always starts with the words, even if I'm writing the words myself, I write the words first and then I write the music. 
I want to make sure that the words say exactly what they need to say and are very meaningful to me. And then what I do is I try to, this will sound abstract, but I, I try to hear the music that's buried underneath the words themselves. Sometimes it's very obvious the poet has suggested something and then I just do what the poet suggests. But then sometimes I kind of have to find this emotional quality underneath. And I spend a lot of time either walking around and humming to myself or singing or sitting at the piano where I'm at now, just improvising, trying to find the right combination of notes. And when I've got a little sniff of an, uh, what I call a golden brick, just a moment that works, then I know, okay, that's, that's, I always describe this to my son as, as a key in Zelda. I know you're a bit of a gamer, but I don't know if you play Zelda at all, but it's that key that takes you to the next level. And so it's always, I'm always looking for just that, that one thing that takes me to there, that takes me to there, that takes me to there. Does that answer your question? Yeah. How many team does it take to put together the virtual choirs for release? Did you say how many team? Yeah, like how like, many are people? How many people are on your team? So it's not as many as you'd think. So the last virtual choir we had seventeen thousand five hundred and seventy-two singers from one hundred twenty-nine countries. So you hear those numbers and you think the team must be massive. But the truth is, it's me, and then it's two executive producers, Claire Long and Meg Davies, and those two are geniuses and they work very hard. And then I think there's four people on the audio team five people on the video team and just two people on the internet team. So it's a pretty small team considering what everybody is making. What would you say is something that you've learned during quarantine that will has or will greatly influence your music skills in the future? Huh. Well, I'll tell you, I think it's this, it's, um, I'm not at all a fan of distance learning this, this kind of thing. I'd much rather be sitting with you in a room, you know, just, just talking to you with microphones. We were talking before we started this that I have a 15-year-old son and I'm watching him do, do online classes and I just don't think it's as effective a way. Maybe for some people it's, it's a good way to learn, but I think that he's missing a lot just by not being there in person. And so one thing that I've learned during quarantine is that getting together in a room and making music, singing or playing, is it's the best it's the ultimate. I, I always loved it, of course, but I didn't. I don't think I realized how much I needed it and how important it is. And so, going forward, after after we're finished with the pandemic, I will never take that for granted again. I will. I will really do everything I can to make sure that I get to be in person with the people that I want to talk with or or to make music with. So, in your entire career, what's the best advice you have gotten? <laughs> Early on, a teacher gave me this advice, and it, I didn't understand it when, when I was young, but now that, now that I've had a career, I can look back and say, that's it. And basically, I was, I, was at a, um, I was with a group of students, and we were asking questions, and I think I asked something uh, along those lines, like, what, can I, what should a musician know going forward? How do you build a career? And I remember they said, number one, show up on time. Number two, know what you're doing. And number three, be lovely to work with. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, yeah, of course. But, but it's funny now, after, after having made music with so many people around the world, those three things are sometimes rare qualities. Not everybody does all three of those things. And when someone does that, it's just, it makes the whole music making process so good. And those are always the people who succeed. They're always the people that 
people who are just lovely to work with are are great players and show up on time. They, they're uh, what I call happy campers. You just want to be around them. You want to make music with them. Is that the advice you would pass down to uh, music teachers and young singers going on? Yeah, absolutely. And then to composers, the advice that I would give is that um, this, this is a little broader, but I think there's this idea that composing is all about boundless creativity and freedom. And my experience has been actually the best thing you can do is put handcuffs on yourself to constrict your ideas. And, and what I mean by that is give yourself uh, these parameters that are difficult to maneuver, right? So the, the advice I always give to young composers is try to write a piece that's only four notes long and try to, uh, it can only be a minute long or less. And you have to start it at eight in the morning. You have to finish by midnight. That those, are the, those are difficult parameters. And you think it's impossible. How can I do this? But what happens is in an effort to satisfy all of those criteria, you get really clever, very, very clever. And that kind of cleverness, that need to survive is actually where I think the creative spirit comes from. And you come up with incredibly interesting things doing it that way. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you think you've benefited more from your education or experience writing songs? Mm, it's such a good question. By far, 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 my own experience. I think uh, my education, when I look back on it, was very hit and miss. I had a few great teachers, teachers who really changed my life and taught me to look at things in a different way. But the totality of my education, I probably could have done in a couple of weekends or with a library card on my own. The, the, I would say I'm almost, I'm almost completely self-taught. And I, th I think for an artist especially, I think it's really the only way to do it. You can definitely have guidance from a couple good teachers, but you've got to learn it yourself. You've got to be alone in a room and work, 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 work. And, and you not only learn about the music, but you learn about yourself, which is the more important part. So what are some projects that you've been working on recently? <laughs> um, well, I recently recorded a piece that I wrote uh, last year, and it's called The Sacred Veil. It's nearly an hour long. It's with piano, cello, and choir. And it's a very difficult subject. Uh, the poet lost his wife to ovarian cancer. And he wrote about that. He wrote about the entire journey, about when they fell in love and when they had children and when she got sick and her struggle with cancer and her death. And so I worked very, very hard on that. And then, as you mentioned, with the virtual choir, we just recently launched our latest virtual choir, uh, Virtual Choir 6, which, as I said, has over 17,000 people in it. So that was, that was my, I guess, my, the beginning of the pandemic. That was my project. And right now, of all things, I'm writing a piece for Christmas. Um, it, it'll be performed by a choir virtually. Not my virtual choir, but another choir in England. And I only say it because it's such an odd experience to be, I don't know how it is at where, where you live, but here it's, it's 85 degrees out. You know, it's sunny. It's, it's the least Christmas feeling atmosphere ever and so i'm trying to put myself into a christmas mood before i say this last question um 
I was part of the virtual choir, and I just wanted to thank you for bringing music into Wait, which one? Dark Time 6. You did it? I sang soprano while I still could. <laughs> did your voice break since then? Yeah. It uh, went down, and I lost my entire upper range. It, it, it'll come back. You're, you'll find your voice again. I'm so sorry that your voice broke, um, but I'm so happy that you're in virtual choir. That's amazing. That's really, so did you find yourself in the video? Um, I haven't yet. Still working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, believe me, you are in there somewhere, but it's crazy, right? There's so many, so many faces. But did you see your name in the Yeah, I saw my name in the credits. Amazing. Thank you for doing it. It was so much fun. And then after that, I got inspired. So I volunteered to edit for a nearby children's theater who is doing a virtual musical where they have everyone singing together. And I took some ideas from you of how to do it. And it's coming together pretty good. No way. That is really cool. What musical are they doing? It's, with a, it's a new musical by Beat by Beat Press. It's uh, The Show Must Go Online. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> I believe they wrote it at the beginning of March. Oh, when this all happened. Man, people are so creative, aren't they? The way they and I love that you're, you're making your own. It's a pain, isn't it? It takes a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. Right? I, it's, so many people wrote to me uh, when, when we started the pandemic and said, how do you make these virtual choirs? Is there an app? You know, is, what's, what's the secret? And now you know the secret. The secret is there is no secret. It's just hours and hours and hours of like meticulous editing, trying to put it all together. I would love to see it when you're finished with it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, please do. That that's amazing. Uh, it's really cool. So, are you are you a composer also, Mason? I try sometimes, but it doesn't always come out the best. I know that feeling. And is do you want to be a musician? When, when More you know? musical theater side of uh, that, going towards that. Um, my entire walls posters, but you can't really see it with my camera angle. And your favorite musicals. Um, my favorite musicals are Waiters, Wicked, Dear Evan Hansen, and Hamilton. Yeah. Mine too, They're by all the way. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I tried writing a musical. For years and years, I've been working on one, and I still haven't solved it, but I would, I want to. I, it's, uh, I think when people get it right, like Hamilton, <laughs> it's, um, it's just, it's an art form at a level that nothing else can achieve. Right, it's it's got everything. It's got all the the beauty of the music, the, the characters, the the grander storytelling of opera. But then it's happening in real time, and it's funny and and smart. And yeah, it's it's such an elevated art form. So you want to be a performer or also write them? Um, I'm trying to get into like all aspects that I can, just in case one fails. So I've done tech crew for stuff like lighting, design, stage management, all of that, and then also performing in. I think over 20 shows now. And now you're even editing a virtual one, so which is in a way very much like directing. Uh, that's fantastic. So this is really your dream, is to s just have a life in the theater, basically. So yes. uh, I'm sure you'll get it, Mason. That's really exciting. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And I actually have an opening night this Friday for Into the Woods. I'm Jack. No way! But, and you, but you're doing it all online? No, this one's actually in person. We have a huge amphitheater here. Ah. Um, so we can have like 
300 people in the audience spread out, and we're spread out on stage two because it's 80 feet wide. So ah. it works pretty well. Congratulations. I wish I was there to see it. That's a great part. Thank you. Sondheim, right? Also just, yeah. I, I'm starting to write lyrics now. You know, I wrote them for Virtual Choir 6 and this Christmas piece I'm doing as well. And I have such respect for Lin-Manuel and Stephen Schwartz and, and Stephen Sondheim. They're just, the, the lyrics are, they're unreal, aren't they? They're so good. Sometimes difficult, but so good when it all comes together. Yeah, difficult for sure, right? And I would imagine just remembering them. Um, but what I'm always amazed with them is that they, they, they write these lyrics that rhyme and are super clever, but they, they speak only from the character, right? They don't lose their way. They, they, you really understand the character, and the character would only say that. It's, um, it's, it's a gift for those people who can do that. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go our separate ways? <laughs> um, uh, well, just first, uh, not to embarrass you on your own show here, but just this is amazing what you're doing, Mason. Super cool. Um, uh, I, I've, got, I've got high hopes for you. I think you're going to go really far, do really well. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be on the show. You know, it, back before pandemic, I would come through Indiana not unregularly. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Bloomington, you know, because of the, the university there. And I think I've yeah. performed in Indianapolis. So anyway, there's a long way of saying maybe one day we can meet in person. Um, and hopefully I'll have my son with me, who's, like I said, basically your age. He's a jazz bass player. And also Hamilton is his favorite musical by far. So there's a lot of something to talk about right at, right at the beginning. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. She didn't tell me to say this, but my choir teacher, she always talks about how you're her favorite conductor. So I just wanted to tell you hi for her. <laughs> That's really So I'll, I'll do this and you can clip it and say, thank you for all you're doing. Uh, teaching is the most noble profession there is, especially during this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank you for helping super talented students like Mason um, you know, realize their dream. It's, yeah, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Mason. Good luck with everything. And please send me that, that, uh, that video once you've got it all edited. I'd love to see it. I will. All right. And good luck, Friday night. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.